0: Welcome to the DSpot Podcast. Dr Dana McNeil is a licensed marriage and family therapist who specialises in working with couples using the Gottman method. Her evidence-based practice provides support for the wide range of relationship issues that modern couples face. By using her open, affirming, and outside-of-the-box thinking, Dr. Dana is able to approach her work with couples by bringing both insights and tools that reflect the realities of today's complicated relationships dr dana features guests on her podcast that include a unique array of celebrities ceos influencers and everyday folks who are all working on navigating new conversations about how society views what goes into a successful relationship and now here's your host dr dana mcneil
1: and welcome to the D-Spot Podcast. We are in for a treat today. I am going to be introducing you to Marissa Brown. She is a colleague of mine. On top of that She is a very seasoned reporter, even though she looks like she's like 12 years old. For several decades, she has been creating dynamic, engaging lifestyle To magazines like Parents and Pop Sugar. But more importantly, and far more interesting for our listeners, is you are a professional astrologer, my friend. She has been the resident astrologer for In Style and Shape, this astrology.com. And most exciting, she's going to tell us about a new book that she has written that comes out in February Baby to the Stars, a new parent's guide to astrology. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Dana. I am excited. This is awesome. So I want to know, how did you become an astrologer? What are the requirements? How does one do this? (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, there are various roads to becoming an astrologer, I would say. Um, A lot of my colleagues have just took an interest in it from a very young age or once they hit a particular had a particular challenge in life, perhaps, that helped them kind of turn to astrology for answers. I uh, feel very fortunate that I was raised with astrology. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So really, my father is the patriarch of astrology in our family, although growing up, I really heard a lot more about it from my mom. My dad really likes to use it. He's in finance. He likes to use it to uh, get some extra intel on the markets. Um oh, that's how okay. he mostly uses it in his life, day-to-day life, I would say these days. But he's been studying it since 1969. He was on a road trip with a frat buddy and they stumbled on a hippie commune where they were studying astrology. And my dad thought, Hey, this is really cool, and I would like to learn more. So he started teaching himself and following all of the the who's who of, of the top astrologers from the 60s on. And he was my first mentor. I've also studied with April Elliot Kent, who's actually a neighbor of yours. She's in San Diego. Oh, <laughs> and did not
1: know. I'll have to look April up and give her a call.
2: Okay. Yes, she's fabulous. And she's written a couple of wonderful books that I really always refer to for people who want to just get a very, you know, starter-based knowledge or even brush up on their astrological knowledge. And so I've been lucky enough to work with her one-on-one and she's my mentor. And uh, yeah, and I've been writing horoscopes since, oh goodness, like 2010, maybe even earlier. (laughs) So quite a while. And I really love bringing that wisdom to the world that I already inhabited as a journalist, as a lifestyle journalist.
1: So here's my, I know very little about astrology, but I do remember when I was younger, like Linda Goodman, is that her name? Was like the knees yep. knees of like relationship, like astrology. So have we been looking at our relationship via ast- astrology long, long, long before her? Like, or is, was she like some sort of cutting edge person? Why is she so in the somebody <laughs> that tells us about if we're a good fit for our partner?
2: Absolutely. Well, yeah, so... Linda Goodman is one of the first astrologers I was introduced to as well as a kid and because my parents loved her as well and um, I feel like the reason that that there was of course definitely a lot of relationship astrology that predated Linda but she's so popular she was so popular because she really broke it down in a very uh, accessible pop culture friendly way and Right. And if you read her stuff now, it's a little, some of the references feel very dated, but you know, when it was in the sixties, it was very of the moment. And she has her love signs book that was like breaking it down by sun sign. Really. I believe that that goes by sun sign, but talking about what to expect from a Libra man versus a Libra woman versus an Aries, et cetera. So people found that really accessible.
1: So, if we have just a little bit of insight about relationships, so maybe have reading her or something like her, what more do we need to know? So, I heard you represent signs, and I'm imagining that's just the tip of the iceberg. What else are you looking at as an astrologer when you're looking at compatibility in relationships?
2: Right. So, and this is a huge, and we could talk about this a little bit more, I'm sure, but this is a huge. Uh cornerstone I would say of my book that comes out February 21st in that I'm talking about you know when you first start learning about astrology people will say what's your sign and that your that's your sun sign right that's what we okay. tend to share as as that's our sign but like you said that is very much at the tip of the iceberg everybody has a natal chart birth chart it's very in-depth unique picture i like to call it like your astrological dna or your very personal blueprint and it's basically a snapshot of the sky from the perspective of where you were born
1: and so what 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 part geographically i was at and the time and the date
2: correct yes okay latitude and longitude is taken into consideration yep and of course, yeah, But having a, an exact birth time. I know that's not always possible for people. In fact, sometimes I ran into a woman recently who said she wasn't even quite sure what her actual birth day is. And okay. so, yeah, definitely does happen. And but there are ways astrologers can work with people who have those questions about their birth time and date. Um, however, having that information is just so valuable. So if you can track it down, I always encourage people to do that because everything is so very precise. Like something that skeptics love to say is, oh, how can we all, you know, everybody born between November 21st and December 22nd or whatever is uh, a Sag, right? And they're all the same. It's like, no, the moon moves at different rates. Every planet, everything's moving at different rates and in different spots at any given time. And that is what will make up an astrological natal or birth chart. So. My book is about, you know, sharing that information with parents, caregivers, grandparents, et cetera, anybody in a little one's life and using that as a tool to understand yourself and your child, um, perhaps a little bit better. <laughs> and so to answer so your question, ask- yes, relationships. Yes. Obviously there's so much you can learn about yourself
1: and anybody else by looking at a natal chart. So you your book is focusing on trying to help parents maybe understand the difference in our personalities between the astrological chart of a child and the parent and then I'm imagining to help them develop their child to reach their full potential under their their signs right
2: understand like I talk a lot about like how being able to, the fact that I was raised with astrology for instance really helped me to feel seen and heard. And understood for who I am and it's I'm very passionate about I really like the gentle parenting movement I'm really passionate about the idea of holding space for your kid to be who they are because they are very much a unique individual instead of saying okay well I was this way so I want you to be this way or this is what you're supposed to do in order to get into college to do xyz whatever um, that I see you doing I really want to urge people to use astrology as a way to wow, like they really are very much their own unique whole individual person, even from the time that they are born and being able to, again, hold space for that and and nurture that can only do a person,
1: (laughs) I feel a ton of favors. Do you think that if a parent has a child that's in the same sign that they tend to assume that they'll be similar to them? And is that a challenge to like, because my, um, I guess another part of that in my understanding is there's like three breakouts amongst the sign, like different phases. I'm sure you have a phrase that I don't understand the name of. So like within, so say I'm a Virgo. And so within Virgo, I've heard that there's like different parts of Virgo, depending on what part of the Virgo that you were born in. Decans, okay. Yes. You're educating yes. me. So, if I had a <laughs> if I had a parent who is a Virgo, my dad was a Virgo, would there be an assumption that I'm going to be the same as my dad? Sure. I mean, again, that's just sun sign, and even within the
2: decans, there's knowledge to take away from that. Like I've heard people say, "Oh, you're an August Virgo versus you're a September Virgo." Ah, okay. Um, but there's the those are broken down. So every sign has a ruling planet or even a couple ruling planets in some cases and when you take the decans into consideration you have the ruling planet so in the case of virgo i'm also virgo sun you have mercury is r- your ruling planet but with the decans that breaks it down even further into you have like the sub ruling planet that kind of informs yeah. what type of virgo sun you are so again like i kind of said with the birth chart there's just so many layers so taking that into consideration, yeah, sure, definitely. But then you also want to factor in like, you know, your father was born in a completely different year, completely different place, probably time, et cetera. The moon might've been in, in Scorpio when you were born and it might've been in Sagittarius when he was born or whatever. So, you know, there's just to just go off of sun sign, you'll have similarities for sure, but mm-hmm. you're still very much your own unique person.
1: So that's part of what parents need to understand is they have to look at everything when they're understanding how to connect with their children.
2: Sure. And it's not, I, I mean, that sounds a little bit overwhelming, perhaps I would imagine, especially if you're, you know, a newbie, um, you don't have to, like, I break it down in the book as some of the top highlights you can look at and what ways you can look at them. So if you're looking at, you know, you got a pre-verbal little tiny one, in, you want to kind of understand how they're communicating or how they are going to be communicating with you. you can look at their mercury sign because that's the planet of communication. Or if you want to think about like how they might accept gifts or give you gifts, um, mm. Venus, the planet of relationships. I think that's a big one you know that we could talk about. we could talk we have a whole <laughs> discussion about just Venus and relationships because that's the planet of love and relationships, beauty, art, uh, values. So, um, and then moon, I think I emphasize the moon kind as a big one, actually for parents, because that's how you nurture and also how you want to be nurtured. So, especially for babies and toddlers and for you as a parent to look at and say, oh, wow. Okay. This is interesting. Perhaps I am doing X, Y, Z that I think is very nurturing, but they actually find this other thing to be more comforting.
1: And so mood is typically, my understanding is your emotions and how you process your emotions. Yes. Okay. So that would be really important for a parent to understand about how their child processes their emotions. What happens when that parenting style is in conflict with how the parent processes their emotions? What, what kind of I- issues arise? Right.
2: So actually the whole third part of the book is a breakdown of every sign combination. So, and I encourage people to look not just at their sun sign and their child's sun sign, but their moon and the child's moon, you know, their Venus and the child's Venus or moon, whatever, like look at all the combinations um, because you might find that something else resonates other than sun, sun. But when you first started talking about the different breakdowns within a sign, I thought you were talking about, their decans are one thing, but I was thought you might've also been talking about modalities Which are um, cardinal, fixed, and mutable. I'm not sure if you've heard those terms. Tell me more. Okay. No. (laughs) Sure. So within each element, so we have water, fire, earth, air, correct. We have three signs under each of those categories. And each, and there's one of each: a mutable sign, a fixed sign, and a cardinal sign. And those are sort of like how you go about doing things in the world and it can also color your perspective so the fixed signs you always hear Taurus is very stubborn right they are a fixed sign Scorpio is also a fixed sign Aquarius and Leo all fixed signs okay they're the most like resolute but also obstinate (laughs) so they can get very much stuck on something so I talk about like with the little one you know like every little one perhaps has a security object and but they might Treat them differently in a fixed child, like if they have a specific routine, like, I get my blankie and I go to bed and mommy puts me to bed or whatever. And if that they're off of that, one day they might react much in a much with much bigger emotions, I would imagine, than yeah. a child who's more who's a mute has more mutable placements, we say, you know, in their natal chart. Mutable is more adaptable. But they are also more indecisive. (laughs) So that's the child who's going to have a harder time making up their mind about what they want to do on a Saturday. You know, you offer them, you have to offer them, like, we only have these two options. You can't say like, okay, choose from your, your basket of toys or games. Like, you got to give, rein them in a little bit because they're going to have a lot of worry about what do I, what do I choose? So yeah, so you might have two, you might have a child and a parent who both have fixed signs fixed moons, for instance, and you got to stand off at times because it's, I want it my way. I want it my way. We can't meet in the middle. So I talk a lot about in the book, you know, sometimes your kid reflects something back to you, a trait of yours that you, you might stand to learn a thing or two about, right? Because they are, you are similar in that way. And you see how that obstinacy just leads to nowhere. Uh, Or perhaps they're mutable and you're fixed. And so then you can see, wow, that was really cool how they were okay with with switching up the plan at the last minute. Maybe we could all stand to do that a little bit more in our family.
1: As you're talking, I'm thinking very much of like nature versus nurture, right? That you're speaking of like, what's the nature for your child? And it may not be that their nature is to go along with the program. And if you're super rigid, and they're not vibing with that, that you may not have an opportunity to work that out of them by your nurturing, that that's just who they're predisposed to be. And how do we find something that looks like a compromise so that you don't continue to believe something about your child not being influenced by your parenting, that that's just who they are as little people.
2: Right. Exactly. Okay. I love that.
1: This is fascinating. So what are some of the, have you in your research found that there's some more Difficult feels a strong word, but some more challenging relationships between certain parenting and child combinations when they get together. So I explained in the book, there's not only so there's these
2: modalities, right? And the way that they interplay with one another and the elements interplay with one another, that all matters too. So the angles that say your planet in a particular sign is making to your child's planet in a particular sign. So <laughs> it sounds a little more complicated than I meant it to, but basically, yes, there are some combinations that are more harmonious, mm-hmm. and others that are a bit more challenging. However, the my mentor always loves to say that so the most challenging aspect that can occur between two planets placements in a, in two people's charts is called the square. There's also opposition. Okay, but that's a little bit. Yeah. So either of those can be kind of when it's more challenging. But there's lessons to be learned, even in those challenges, just like we find in, you know, in relationships in general, like, I think about like, um this is I don't know, this is an example that always stands out in my mind when I think about the square. Queen Victoria and Prince Albert were had a lot of squares between them. So if you have two mutable signs. So he was a Gemini, I believe, and or no, she was a Gemini and he was a Virgo. Those are both mutable signs. And so you're both kind of indecisive, flexible. There's a lot, there's actually a lot in common between those two signs because they're both ruled by Mercury, but it's a tense but activating angle that can happen mm. between two signs. So that's sort of how I talk about it in the book. Is that even if you have challenges like you can't make up your mind because you're both so indecisive is potentially the case with two mutable signs. You know, there's a lot to be learned through that experience. I hope that, in- so so that answers your question
1: <laughs> It does. and, and it's it's leading me to another, you know question, does that mean then that the parents should start with an understanding of who they are as co-parents? and understand that dynamic and then bring in, okay, but now we have this third party that we're all gonna have codes with. So it's not just the parent-child relationship, it's the parents and child relationship, right? That adds even more seven layers to your guacamole dip.
2: Sure, absolutely. I mean, I am a big believer in getting to know yourself and having a strong sense of self and doing your work before merging with another. And I think that's how we, have, we end up having healthy relationships is by caring for ourselves mentally and emotionally, right. And knowing ourselves before getting into a couple situation. And so I think, yes, definitely the more aware you are of who you are, who your partner is and how you function as a partnership. And I mean, that sounds like a whole other book that I would love to write, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because Yeah, I think that like, I'm very much touting self-awareness for a parent or a caregiver in being able to both, you know, that that will bolster their relationship with their child. But I think it can only obviously be even stronger if you are in a partnered situation for that to be a dynamic that exists among all of you.
1: What should new parents keep in mind then? So we find out we're pregnant or we're having a child how do we mentally prepare from an astrological perspective?
2: Sure. Well, <laughs> I love the story that my dad tells when I was born or when all three of us kids, I was the eldest. and My siblings followed, you know, when we were born, he was watching the clock like a hawk. <laughs> to get the exact Oh, yeah. Dad line. wanted to know
1: where your planets were going to line up for sure. Okay. Yep.
2: Yep. And then they, my parents actually had a reading with an astrologer go over my chart, like within a month of me being born, there's a cassette tape. Uh, (laughs) My dad finally entrusted me with this wonderful cassette tape. (laughs) that's got a lot of very kind of mind blowing observations about who I am as a person, as an adult, you know, when I was a month old. (laughs) So I would say, I know. I talk in the book about like, okay, you know that your due date is May 15th, you know, you're expecting a Taurus. So you might have these preconceived ideas about, okay, shoot, I'm a Leo and they're a Taurus. And that can be a like kind of some headbutting because I know both are fixed signs. Sure. I would say there's merit to just sort of slowing down and waiting and seeing, you know, like, how does this chart actually shake out? Once you have the baby's chart, I know some parents don't want to see, I just heard from a parent who said, I don't want to see my child's chart until their personality actually starts developing. Perhaps maybe once they're like more like two or three, because I don't want to have these preconceived notions about them that I put on them.
1: Or try to steer them or guide them in a certain way. Sure. That's fair.
2: I mean, whatever your comfort level is with that. I don't think, I think my parents knew my chart and it's like like i said i think it comes back to it being so multi-layered and multidimensional and there's just so many little details like i'm even as an adult astrologers you're still learning about your chart <laughs> throughout your life and you're seeing how it sort of plays out so i would imagine you're not going to like unless you have some kind of really amazing memory like <laughs> you know you're not going to necessarily know oh yeah my kid's moon is conjunct their venus so blah 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 blah, blah. You know, like, I think it would it would be cause, it's more helpful than a hindrance, I would imagine. But again, whatever a parent is comfortable with. Um, but I do advocate for getting that chart as soon as you can, and learning maybe even just their big three, which is the sun, moon, and rising sign. And it can be just like kind of fun to say, oh wow, as their personality develops, perhaps they have a Scorpio rising. And I have a lot of Scorpio rising people in my life, like my fiance, and they're very like magnetic. And I can just imagine a Scorpio rising child getting strolled around in a park and everybody sort of like stops when they come through because they're just very magnetic and kind of mysterious even, and have piercing eyes. And that kind of thing is like, wow, look at that, look at babies. Scorpio rising coming through they're like very commanding (laughs) I would get a kick out of that as a parent but
1: um yeah does that mean then that there are some who follow astrology that might even consult you like when is a good time for me to get pregnant or like when we an ideal time to have a child so that it fits our family in ways that we all kumbaya with each other better that's funny that you asked that question. Cause I actually just shot a
2: reel on this t- topic. That I'm oh, I guess I was, as you're
1: talking about, it, I'm like, that would totally make sense. Right. I mean, if you want to make sure that you have somebody that's mutable and fits with you. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, as far as like
2: aiming to conceive a certain sign, my parents were very set on, they wanted a Leo. <laughs> so because oh, wow. my father's a Leo and my mom has a lot of Sag. So fire is compatible with fire. Any element is compatible with, you know, one of the same element. And they love the idea of having a Leo baby. They ended up with a Virgo who also had, like I have, my chart is very much Virgo and Leo. There's not much of anything else in my main placements. So I'm a Leo rising, Leo Venus, Leo Mars. So they got half of Leo, (laughs) but I use this as an example of like, you can try, but you're going to get the kids you're going to get who you're meant to get, you know? And again, you can't, you can't determine, I mean, the moon moves every two to two and a half days. So it's pretty fast. The rising moves throughout the day. So Mm -hmm. I think that attempting to exert so much control is a fool's errand really with, with astrology. But, and also I know some people really have an aversion to a particular sign perhaps because they had a bad experience mm. with a friend or a boss or something like that. But we all, again, have these this whole natal chart and every single sign is represented in that chart. Even if you don't have a planet or the moon or the sun in a particular sign, there's a house ruled by that sign because all 12 signs are in the chart. So I always encourage people if they do have some sort of bone to pick with a particular sign, Go look at your chart and see where does that sign fall and I think that there's probably a lesson in there. And sometimes you end up with the kid with that sign because there's a lesson there and they're they're meant to teach you about that.
1: I love this. This is awesome. There's so much to learn and that's why we need to have astrologers like you that make it their life's passion to help guide us through our relationships and parenting and careers and so your book it comes out february 21st next year raising baby by the stars and it's for new parents so if somebody wants to reach out to you and do you read charts do you give guidance to to parents (laughs) that are in this position could they contact you i would say please sign up on my
2: website for my mailing list and i will keep people posted on you know when I will be doing readings if, or perhaps um, written reports is something that I'm looking at trying to do in the near future. I've been very consumed with finishing this book and now launching it. I'm also getting married the same week that it comes out. Wow, <laughs> And <laughs> superstar.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. I am and so I'm grateful. So... That you have that option. So what's your website where people could go? Remind us what the website is and we'll put it in the show notes as well.
2: Thank you. It's Marissa Brown, M-A-R-E-S-S-A
1: brown.com. Great. You are such a bright light and you are such a helper and I love working with you on articles and I'm so excited to read your book. So thank you so much for coming by. This has been really great. Thanks for your time.
0: Thank you, Dana. This has been the D-Spot Podcast with Dr. Dana McNeil. To learn more about Dr. Dana's practice, simply visit us at www.danamcneil.com.